0: A-B-L-E-S. Ebels. Remember that name, because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers. The Ebels story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines, but Ebels helps more than just migraines. From managing chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, EBLS is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs. And yours truly, Brian Nichols, here on The Brian Nichols Show, can indeed vouch for the quality of Ebels, having a herniated disc in my back. Whew. Coupled with years of sports injuries, I was struggling to find something, anything, to help manage my pain. That is, until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebles Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nickel Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS, the Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Disc on applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, that is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and, and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who is getting uh, Congressman Massey on, oh, and our cool. typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot. <laughs> can't trust that day. Monday, Monday, that's not true. You can trust that day. Well, at least you can trust it here on The Brian Nichols Show because, yes, I am your humble host, Brian Nichols. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Now, to you longtime listeners, this guest is a familiar guest from earlier this past year. Uh, to you new listeners, Angela is a rising star. Yes, Angela McCardle. She is the let's see, the chair of the Libertarian Party of Los Angeles County out in California. See, I got that right. And she uh, just recently announced that she is uh, running as the LP chair Mises-endorsed candidate uh, for 2022 uh, against the current chair, Joe Bishop Henchman. So with that being said, Angela joins the show today to make her case why she believes that she is the best candidate for 2022 going forward, but also libertarians who would be the best candidate for us at the top of the ticket in 2024 is it an activist is it an educator or is it a celebrity Angela gives you her thoughts there hey you're gonna recognize some names out there so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that as the teaser going into the episode so without further ado on to the show Angela McArdle returning to the Brian Nichols show thank you so much for having me Absolutely. Angela, my goodness, it's been a little bit since I had you. I know back when you were last in the show, uh, let's see, lockdowns had just started. Uh, you were getting ready to hold an awesome protest over in LA, and uh, you were you are fighting the power as the chair of the Los Angeles County Libertarian Party. So a lot's been happening uh, since you were last on the, the show. So let's fill us in. What's been going on since uh, you last graced us? And I, I, rumor has it there's some some big news that you uh you were getting ready to, to share um so with that angela welcome
1: back thanks yeah there's been a lot going on over in la we have had three rallies since we last spoke the first one was the biggest with over 750 attendees it was pretty amazing Awesome. that was really just the people on foot i didn't obviously get to do much of a count of the cars driving by since everybody was just driving and it was crazy but We had all kinds of protest activity. It's still going on. It's died off a little bit as people are trying to sort of adjust and cope, which is good and bad. Oh, we've been uh, working our butts off at the L.A. County party. We did have a Joe Jorgensen rally. We have had all kinds of interesting activity pop up and fighting against the lockdowns by submitting comments and policy proposals at Public Comment, working on fighting against some ridiculous ticketing in the city of Santa Monica right now. So that's what I've been up to at the local level, or at least some of it. And, oh boy, well, I just had a really big announcement that hit social media through a really great Reason interview recently. And that was that I have announced I'm going to run for chair of the National Party, the Libertarian Party, in 2022. So that's the talk of the town right now. And I am taking a really uh, long-form approach to preparing for that campaign and really understanding exactly what needs to go on to the position. Obviously, I chair a county party. It's a very large county party and the second largest city in the nation, but it's still not quite the same as chairing a national party. So I've been really focused on that.
0: I know. So Todd Hagopian uh, was on the show back in January, I believe, when he announced his own candidacy, uh, which he then subsequently, I think the next week, uh, pulled away from. And I was like, is it my show, Todd? Was it me? Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, Todd, I know Todd right right away. He he went ahead and endorsed you. And I've had uh, the current chair, Joe Bishop Henchman, on the show. Actually, I think I was Joe's first interview um, after he got uh, appointed as the chair. And um, really, one of the things I, when I spoke to Joe, and, and I and actually, I, candidly, I first endorsed Todd Hagopian back for chair um, when Todd was running, because Todd had a mission that I thought the LP desperately needed to listen to, and that was focusing, number one, of going local, number two, completely rebranding and focusing on a true marketing uh, strategy, and number three... Professionalizing the party, starting to have the party take itself seriously and truly running like a legitimate third party alternative. And, um, you know, with that, I, I was like, yep, yeah, Todd, that's exactly what we need. And I, you know, as a sales guy by trade, my, that's, you know, my head's at talking about how can I sell something that like the LP when really it sadly sometimes it's more often than not a dumpster fire. So we need to be able to have a better product for which the sales people to go out and sell. Um, so that's what got me excited about Todd. Now I know Todd has gone ahead and he said, Angela, no doubt 2022, two years in advance, he's your, your number one endorsement. Talk to me, what was it about uh, your, I guess, vision that gave Todd such reassurance as to jump right
1: on board? Well, basically, I'm running for chair because I want to see the Libertarian Party embrace the liberty movement. There has been, you know, everyone knows about the infighting that happens in the Libertarian Party, unless you're smart enough to stay away from all of that on social media, in which I commend you. But the bigger, uglier fight would be libertarians within the party versus libertarians outside of the party. And historically, the LP has not been open to critique about the party from the other libertarians. And I think that that is terrible and a tragedy. We need to be listening to the people who want to support us but are gagging for XYZ reasons because they hate what we do and we don't, they don't think we're good messengers. I want to see us message message liberty the right way That's kind of like Todd's marketing thing. I want to get the proper messengers in place, people who are actually good about talking about it, not people who think, oh, if I co-opt this messaging, maybe it'll work, or if I just water this down, so maybe maybe liberty sounds too scary, so we should just ditch the word liberty. Those are not the people who need to be making these calls, and so I'd like to see those people get positioned better. That's a little bit of it.
0: So you're talking about, I guess, really the... (laughs) It's funny, because it's kind of how you would want to run a business, right? And and I talk about this often whenever I, I start talking about LP politics is that, you know, we need to be okay with putting the best people in the best positions. Um, There's there's this misconception, I think, in greater LP circles, and that is that you have to be able to do everything, right? And I think that's, that's the individualist in us, a lot of us, where we see, you know, a, a demand and we try to fill it instantly. And I, I you know, I, I see that in my own world. I try to do way too many things that, honestly, sometimes you just need to take a step back and let people who are really good in those certain areas, you know, take the reins and let them, you know, not only perfect it in their own vision, but let them get creative, because that's one thing, too, when you have the ability for people to really own certain projects, you do have that mentality of, all right, this is mine, like, this is my baby, and if it's your baby (laughs) for the LP, whatever it is your role is, then I, I would dare say you'd take it, I hope, more seriously. But then you see back with some issues I've had with a former chair where the LP platform was used to snipe at political opponents. So I I definitely can see the the nervousness I would see for some folks having that kind of an approach. But at the same point in time, if you were to have people who are making sure they're putting the best people in the best spots, I do, sh- I do say that that's probably the best approach. So you know, right now, and, and you know, I would say it's only been a little bit that Joe's been the chair. So, you know, he's still, you know, getting his feet wet in, in the whole chair role. But, you know, based on your, I guess seeing Joe, what was it that made you want to jump in and decide to uh, to run in 2022 to uh, to replace him?
1: Oh, without a doubt, my biggest grievance is that I'm not seeing the National Party or its leadership speak out against the lockdown, and I would definitely make an exception for Karen and Harlows who has been an absolute warrior on the issue. She is the secretary for the National Party. She has been attending, you know, uh, protests and demonstrations. She's spoken out very vocally against it in her home state of Colorado. And I don't have, you know, I don't have any personal issues with Joe. I think he's a perfectly nice person, but I'm not seeing the sort of strong leadership that we should be seeing come from the National Party right now on this Huge, huge infringement of our liberties. Like we should be at the forefront of this, and it just disappoints me to no end that Republicans are the one who have taken on the role of opposing the lockdown. It's so frustrating because it allows Republicans to own the dialogue of freedom and fighting against lockdowns, Uh, and unfortunately, that comes with all of their baggage. You know, like the fact that they voted for the national debt, increasing police militarization, the drug war. So. You know, it's not an association that I think that people should be making. But unfortunately, that's what's happening. So that's why I'm bummed out about uh, party leadership right now. And I do think that we are going to probably need a change in two years.
0: So that goes to, I guess, looking at 2020, right? So we're recording here November the 9th. It's a, a Monday. Uh, I guess it's election week we just got past, um, Right. <laughs> and it's still, I guess, going forward. But, uh, I mean, sadly, one thing is very clear. And I think it's good to start this conversation up. This is not, you know, a snipe at the candidates. It's not a snipe at, I would say, any people in particular, but more so just how we can look at things that we can get better at, Right. I would say objectively speaking despite it being the second most ever votes accumulated in LP history that we have to acknowledge we had a just dramatic drop off especially from the national candidacy and I I guess I would ask you Angela because you're obviously in the front lines as the LP chair in LA and again you you you're bringing this up and I'm assuming that this is going to be the overarching theme it's it's there was no real discussion about the lockdowns um which i would say there there should have entirely been as the number one focus i mean that that when you go out and i would ask your average person you know what's on your mind it was the economy and, and the lockdowns and the impact of somebody to really live their life and i mean yeah that <laughs> where was where was the the person talking about that so i mean i guess is, is that maybe one of the main things that we missed out on
1: yeah i think it was a terrible horrible missed opportunity to Joe Jorgensen's credit, she did, you know, she did make comments that she opposed the lockdown at the state level, but she wouldn't be able to do anything about it as the president. I understand that. But when you have a platform and you're campaigning nationally, going all over the country, flying in a bus, you have so many opportunities to speak up about how wrong it is, you know. And uh, I believe that Spike did speak about this a little bit. He really focused a lot of his campaigning on people who are more to the left, which I, I appreciate. He had a strategy and he worked his butt off. Honestly, I endorsed him and I voted for him at our convention, but I don't see that messaging to the left is a viable long-term strategy mm-hmm. and we can see the results of it in our voter turnout. It just didn't get us where we want to be.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. It When you're trying to sell the ideas of liberty to people who... At their very fundamental approach to society don't view liberty as an intrinsic value, well, then you, you got to take a time out because if you're expecting political change with that, then, well, you really need to change some of the, the thinking first. And, and that's, I guess, maybe it goes to the greater issue we've seen over the years in the LP it's what is the LP's role is it is it to be the electoral uh, machine of liberty or is it to be this kind of you know think tank and and I've you know I just had Brad Palumbo from the Washington Examiner and and you know writes over at fee on the show uh back last week and you know he was like no the LP its main job needs to be focusing on winning elections but also putting like liberty candidates into office and that requires us to be a big tent party we we don't have the ability to, I guess, push people out. Now, I would ask you, because you've taken more of a principled approach, which I think is is definitely an admirable approach. And that's more like Jacob Hornberger. I mean, we had uh, Jacob on the show, actually, show number 100, um, and that was Jacob's entire campaign. You know, we need to be unapologetically principled and unapologetically, unapologetic. oh my goodness, unapologetically libertarian. There we go, the third time's a charm. And, and I mean, I would say there is merit to that, but is that a winning argument, you think, on a national stage? Angela, thoughts?
1: Yeah. I don't actually think it's a forced choice. I think if you get up there with someone who's a good messenger, not someone who's going to bludgeon people with a brutalist argument and say things like, you know, teachers are prostitutes. That's a terrible argument. You get up there and you just preach the message of libertarianism in an articulate and eloquent way. If you're a compelling speaker, you are going to turn people onto the message of liberty. Meanwhile, people can still run Principle but pragmatic campaigns at the local and state level. And something that people don't understand, you know, I get I get a lot of questions about why do you even have a presidential election? This is dumb. Why don't you do XYZ? We need the presidential campaign to maintain ballot access in yes. most states. Bingo. Yeah. It's it's very important. So if you have a very principled libertarian presidential candidate running the election, and by the way, that's up to the delegates. It's not anything that the internal party structure should ever have sway over not saying they haven't in the past but we should not Uh, if you have that then it still allows room for more pragmatic people to breathe and move within the party run campaigns they know that when they're running for city council they're not going to be able to literally abolish every tax in a small city overnight and that's not going to be their messaging and that's fine as long as you get up there and preach that you know The IRS should be abolished. Income tax is a problem because XYZ, military, let people decide things locally. You're not going to scare off people who are interested in liberty. You're going to pique their interest. That will flow downward to local candidates who can explain how policies would actually work as we try to move to a more libertarian life. And I think. Does that, that make
0: sense? Yo, know, for sure. And I think you're, you're addressing the main concern. And that has been, you know, where's been the electoral success? And to your point, if we're able to focus more on these much more winnable local elections, and we're seeing that across the board, if, if we're able to, you know, just give some attention to some of these, you know, very, uh, in some cases, either very hotly contested or uncontested elections, we, Play a really pivotal role, and and you know, look no further if we have to look at a, a more grand scale. This past election, Todd Hagopian uh, running for the Oklahoma uh, Corporation Commission, um, you know, putting up a very good second place showing there as the third party candidate in, against the Republican candidate, and then Ricky Dale Harrington Jr. Um, out in uh, Arkansas against Tom Cotton, the sitting U.S. GOP senator, again putting up a very respectable second place as otherwise he would have been an unopposed uh, incumbent. Representative. And and I think that speaks to not only our role as not just an alternative, right? But also that when we have the opportunities that we can speak our message and and speak to people where we have that one-on-one opportunity. I mean, Ricky Dale Harrington Jr. had a great opportunity and he took it full advantage of it during the debate where Tom Cotton didn't show up and C SPAN's like, All right, here you go. And Ricky had the chance to to say what does it mean to be a libertarian? And that's something we need across I'd say across the board, and we're not going to be finding those kind of opportunities just out in the open. We have to be actively pursuing them. So let me ask you this, Angela. So right now, uh, and obviously that was one of Todd's main focuses, but right now I would say while we're having electoral success at a local level, we're still having, I would say, a little bit slower in, I would say, what we'd want as progress. So let me ask you this. How would you recommend to local libertarian candidates who maybe their localities are, are more, let's say, socially conservative, or socially liberal, or economically progressive, and they're trying to run as third-party candidates where the main national message from the candidate might be hard to run on um, for that specific area, right? So how would you recommend to that kind of a person, if we were running these principled candidates from the top, to then be able to market themselves as a libertarian despite their communities maybe not being as maybe open to a libertarian message?
1: Well, I think that being able to have a flexible platform is helpful. And for the most part, we have that right now. Sometimes conservatives really cringe at the sex work platform portion, um, the borders part. I understand no platform is perfect. But if you can sort of pick and choose to point out, you know, these are the areas that we agree with, I think that's really helpful. And I think that it's also perfectly acceptable and a good idea for local candidates to differentiate themselves from the presidential candidate because no two people are alike. There are no Democrats that are exactly like Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. Everyone is is different. And I think that that's one of the great things about libertarianism is you can actually talk about how you're an individual and XYZ messaging coming from the presidential candidate you think is great and you agree with in theory. But locally, this is what we need to do in our community. And these these decisions that I want to make, they are in alignment with the principles of liberty. I like to talk about how everyone's sort of on the same train moving in the direction of freedom, and we just sort of get off at different spots. And I think that's a good analogy for people to use on the local level if uh, their constituents are a little bit turned off by another libertarian they've heard of.
0: And say it's okay. Like, Be like, hey, listen, that's, that's their opinion for across the board of just don't like we don't have to do that here. Like that's just across. Like hey, as long as they're not, they're not hurting somebody else and in, in their whatever it is they're doing, then hey, so be it. Live and let live. Don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. I think it's a very compelling argument. And talking about compelling arguments going into 2022 and 2024. Now that you're currently not a uh, the person at the, the top of the the, uh, the party, I think you you are more be more open to talking about some speculative candidates going forward. So I I am just I'm curious, right? It's never too early to start thinking about the next election. So let's look ahead to as we're looking at right now. Um, I guess it's gonna be four years. Uh, who do you think would be the top of the list? I mean, obviously Justin Amash is probably gonna be. At the top of everybody's names um but who else do you think maybe are, are out there as as viable real uh candidates that the libertarian party could uh put as a not only that they're their face of the party but really good salespeople to the american people
1: i think we need someone who's going to be good on messaging so as far as who do i think could be good i mean that's a tough call because it's really who's willing who's willing to like give up a year and a half of their life to campaign like this take the abuse go to convention win people over, have people hate their guts, travel the country. I would love to see someone who is a good public speaker and already has a large following. Justin Amash can be that guy if he'll actually speak about liberty. Obviously, people know who he is. He's well known. People will they'll have a grievance and say he's a he's an ex-Republican. We need to stop running ex-Republicans. I understand that. But he did flip libertarian his last term. My my issue with that one, though, is that in his very brief exploratory run, he talked more about being a third choice and he didn't focus much messaging on our actual message freedom. So that's sort of an issue there. I think that messengers like Dave Smith and Tom Woods would be really welcomed by a good chunk of the party, especially the Mises Caucus. Do they have political experience? No. Are they incredibly educated with built-in followings that comes with also a fundraising base and they're very experienced public speakers and also know how to deal with criticism? Yes. So that's an option. And I also think that we're going to probably see old recycled politicians come and seek our nomination, same as we do every time. I don't know that Bill Weld will show his face around, but I'm sure Lincoln Chaffee will sniff around and you know a few other people like him. Other people we haven't heard of. We we might get more business moguls as the you know the Trump experiment at least worked for one term. So that's that's sort of what I guess what we'll what we'll see. What I want most of all is someone who can really message. That's my priority.
0: One idea that was floated by uh, when Brad Palumbo was on the show back last week was a celebrity. Um, he said you know he thinks that the the Libertarian Party needs that person to get the interest first. So let me ask you this. What if, if, can I give you maybe a a 50-50 split? I'll give you Tom Woods and Dave Smith as the VP candidate, but you have to give me a celebrity. Who do you think maybe a celebrity would be (laughs) if we had to pick one? I know I hate the the false choice. You have to pick one. But is there anybody out there that you would think of, maybe like a a person in Hollywood or, to your point, a business mogul that might be a name that people not only would know, but, actually would be able to speak a libertarian message
1: well penn that's that's the correct one right Penn from pen and teller he's really uh, an outspoken vocal libertarian mm-hmm. he would be i believe pretty good at messaging i believe drew carey is also a libertarian and he's very comfortable doing interviews and improv that sort of thing i think he would be really good at having a handle on that there are plenty of other celebrity libertarians but I don't know necessarily that just because someone is an actor makes them a good public speaker on political issues. I think that mm. you need to have a certain personality for it and be able to answer questions on the fly and debate and be prepared for that sort of thing. You know, Vince Vaughn is a great libertarian. Uh, Rob Schneider, actually. Rob Schneider. Oh, let yeah. me let me put him in there. Rob Schneider would be great. He retweets a lot of Mises caucus, Ludwig von Mises stuff. He is totally on fire for liberty right now so i think he'd be a good candidate too
0: rob schneider man that would, that'd be interesting right because then then i think you would open up a very a very interesting pandora's box because he's part of the um the the happy madison family and right. those guys i mean like adam sandler's been pretty i mean he's not overtly political but i think he's discussing on record being I think either a Republican or or libertarian leaning, um, and I would say there's a lot of folks in that that circle of of influence that they'd be empathetic with with a Rob Schneider, and I think that's kind of also what we need right we need eyeballs and and to have somebody like that that would bring eyeballs on and oh my goodness then could you imagine like tom woods or, or dave smith being able to then talk to people about the policy like there with like hey rob what does it mean to be a libertarian well here let me, let me uh, point you over to tom or dave here they'll give you a little bit of a, a a lesson and i think that's a really actually interesting and compelling argument so rob schneider dave smith tom woods 2024. That'd be a, that'd be a fun ticket. Interesting. So that's, um, that's going to be a fun way right there, I guess, to, to look forward to 2024. How about 2022? Are there any open seats that are on the top of your head right now that we should be really prioritizing from an LP national standpoint? I mean, cause right now, I think if you want to get your name out there, now's the time, obviously, cause again, we need the eyeballs and you need the time to get exposure. So are there any of those kind of
1: races you're looking forward to right now? Do you mean internal party or oh, I'm sorry, from nationally, a, na- yeah,
0: national or also maybe specific localities and maybe have like governorships that are up uh, anything like that?
1: I think we need to hammer hard at county and city levels because these are the institutions that are trying in a lot of areas to overturn statewide lockdown mandates in blue states. So I would recommend, and obviously we're going to run candidates at the at the state level. I understand that's great. We did win; we won a house seat in Wyoming, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. I think if we're going to do if we're going to do more libertarian state level campaigns, it probably needs to be in more rural areas like South Dakota, Wyoming, North Dakota, uh, and obviously also we should work off of the successes of the, like the rainwater campaign, um, the Arkansas campaign, uh, Anthony. Welty in Washington. He ran a good. Can- I think he got thirteen percent as the as a third party candidate. So we need to, and that's a statewide election. I think it was insurance commissioner. There's, there are so many. I had this massive list, but I don't have it in front of me right now.
0: But you know what's funny is that Don Rainwater, So you, you mentioned Don Rainwater, and actually I was just listening to uh, Chris Bang over the Big Channel, and he was talking about what you know what what worked at, from libertarian standpoint, and it was it was Don Rainwater's messaging, and it was the anti-lockdown again it's full circle right that's what resonated with people and and again that's when you when you have your average person we have to remember too like we're we're not talking to libertarians like we need to get beyond libertarian circles and talk to people where they're at and like that's that was like it it, again i don't know how we missed out on this because that is exactly where everybody was at and they still are i mean like if you were to go around right now, I'd say your average person's very nervous because they they don't know if their state's going to go under another lockdown. And if they do, you know, is their job safe? I mean, we just started to see some, I mean, goodness, I'm in Philadelphia and we're, we're just starting to see some of these restaurant jobs just come back. And I mean, they're they're hanging on by a, a very thin thread because they're allowed only to to serve outdoors right now while Mayor, Mayor Kenny goes down to, to Baltimore and eats inside. What a pompous ass he is. But I, I just cannot believe that there are there are people out there right now who they are on pins and needles trying to figure out what the next step is. And we missed the opportunity. We entirely missed the opportunity to talk to those people. So I mean, yes, the, t- again, Don Rainwater hit the nail on the head. That was the messaging. That's what resonated. And it still will. Um, so I guess, Angela, with that being said, we're we're wrapping up here. And I want to give you last, uh, last word. So if you you had to leave some folks here from the audience with some, I guess, a sense of optimism because, you know, obviously the election cycle didn't go as, as well as we had hoped, but I think we do have a, a sense of, of hope for the future. So if you could paint that picture from your lens, what is that vision?
1: Absolutely. You know, I think that whatever happens with the presidential election, that the Republican Liberty Caucus is pretty dead in the water because they've all supported uh, policies like, you know, Trillion dollar bailouts and border walls that cost a lot of money and tariffs. I think that's dead. The, the flip side of that, the good thing, is that I believe we're going to see a great reawakening of sort of like Ron Paul Revolution 2.0 within the Libertarian Party. That we're going to see principled people who are liberty minded come into the party. We're going to build it. We're going to shift our messaging to actually focus on liberty. We're going to try to include other libertarians, not just staunch longtime party members. And we're going to grow and we're going to affect change in the areas where it's possible first. And I think that if we do that and if we have people who are committed to doing that in positions of leadership, we have a really bright future ahead of us.
0: Angela McCardle, LP chair of Los Angeles County, but now running for chair of the Libertarian National Committee. Thank you so much for joining The Brian Nichols Show. Dave Smith, Tom Woods, 2024. I gotta keep on thinking about that. We'll get Rob Schneider on here at some point in time in the future. Angela, thanks so much for joining The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you. A quick read from our new sponsor, and that is the Expat Money Show. Now, if you are a longtime listener or even a relatively new listener here on The Brian Nichols Show, then you remember our good friend, Mikkel Thorup from The Expat Money Show. What an episode. What an episode to learn that just because you were born in one country doesn't mean that you have to pay your taxes there forever to do your banking there, or to have your investments there, raise your family there, or even have your companies there, learn there, get your kids educated there, or even live your life there. How about that? You can go ahead and live your life wherever it is you see fit, because the Expat Money Show, which is hosted by our friend Mikhail Thorup, originally started as a podcast but has grown to a worldwide community of entrepreneurs who are living international location-independent lifestyles. Mikel is focused on helping you live an international life by looking at problems through the lens of global solutions. In this day and age, there is no reason you should let borders get in the way of having the best the world has to offer. So, Brian Nichols Show audience, head over to the Expat Money Show today. Give Mikkel a subscribe, a fantastic show, and tell him that Brian Nichols sent you. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Angela McArdle, chair candidate for the Libertarian Party going into 2022. If you enjoyed today's episode, as always, please share with family and friends, but make sure, uh, if you could, that you do me a favor. While you're there, make sure you go ahead and tag me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Minds.com, and Parlor.com follow me at bnicholsliberty, tag me at bnicholsliberty, and I'll make sure whatever platform it is, if it's Twitter, I'll give you a retweet. If it's parlor, I'll give you an echo. If it's uh, Facebook, I'll give you a share. Is that a thing? I don't know. We'll do it, though, because at The Brian Nichols Show, we're all about uh, networking, building that community. Uh, and speaking of which, I'm going to give a special shout out to an amazing podcast. If you've not listened to it yet, Friends Against Government. Now, you know those guys, Burden Car from the intro. Um, but an amazing podcast, and they had our friend Connor Dragotis, uh, who wrote the amazing book, Work for Liberty, over in their podcast. So I'm going to give a special shout-out. Please go ahead and listen to that episode over on the Friends Against Government podcast. And also, give them a subscribe and tell them that Brian sent you. Um, Burden Carr and Aaron are doing phenomenal, phenomenal work over there. Um, and then, uh, talking about you know phenomenal work, I, I'm going to toot my own horn, guys, because this week, whoo! Strap in. Not only did you have Angela McCardle here to start off the week on an amazing week's lineup of guests, but coming up here on Wednesday, Hannah Cox. That's right. Hannah Cox returns to the show. Uh, now, Hannah's a familiar voice uh, from all of her work, uh, focusing on ending the death penalty at conservatives concerned against the death penalty. But today she joins the show to discuss criminal justice reform, looking specifically at the outcomes of the 2020 election and the implications on some actual substantive criminal justice reform. Then, going up here on Friday, yes, Friday, Larry Sharp. God bless Larry Sharp, one of my good buddies, uh, former uh, 2018 gubernatorial candidate for the Libertarian Party up in the great state of New York. Home, sweet home. And Larry makes his pitch to uh, the Libertarians. You got to decide how we're going to be the most successful activists, but also successful candidates. Yes, there is a difference. Larry makes his pitch how we can be the best version of activists and candidates that we can be on Friday's episode. So, guys, with those episodes coming up, I need you to make sure... You head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a subscribe, make sure you hit the notifications so you are notified every single time a Brian Nichols Show podcast is dropped, which is going to be Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, but also while you're there, please do me a favor, give me a five-star rating and review. It helps the podcast move up the rankings, and it helps more people find the Brian Nichols Show, and helps us, yes sell liberty so make sure whenever you're talking about how we can sell liberty what are you going to do hashtag sell liberty and make sure you tag me i'll make sure i give you a retweet or an echo or what, again whatever it may be um and also if you have not yet we're doing this amazing evils giveaway for uh if you do the five-star rating reviews and review, send that screenshot to my email Brian at BrianNicholsShow I, I cannot speak highly of ebels enough. I just used some freeze gel this morning on my my messed up uh, torn labrum from uh, you know years of, of abuse and neglect on my body. That's right. Don't 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 get old, folks. It's it's not fun as, as fun as they make it sound to uh, to be. But I can tell you, ebels makes it so much easier to uh, manage the pain. Um, the Ebles freeze gel seriously. It's like so. I'm not sure if you guys use Biofreeze. It's like Biofreeze, but like. BioFreeze Plus, because it actually makes it better, which is like you know, the whole point. But I digress. Send that five star rating and review to me, that screenshot via uh email, Brian at Brian Nichols Show.com. So, guys, thank you, thank you for joining us here on the Brian nichols Show for today's episode. Again, so many great episodes coming down the pike. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. With that being said, though, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on the Brian Nickel Show for Angelo McCardle. We'll see you Wednesday.